Welcome back to our podcast, you guys. It's Bree. You're back. <laughs> it's Bree and Morgan, and we're gonna hope we ain't got no issues today with these technical difficulties. Technical difficulties that we had last episode. So, um, so we're just gonna start um, by learning about Morgan. I hope y'all brought some cups because the tea is hot. If you know me, you know I give not a single damn about pissing off anybody. Yep. So I'm going All to right. try to avoid using names, but if it slips out, it slips out. And whoop. And, and that's, that's just how it be. All right. Mm-hmm. So tell us about how you ended up joining the military. So like the beginning. All right. So just to recap, I joined the military in 2011. I, I initially signed my first, like, I entered into the late enlistment program in November 2010. Ooh, ooh. So I was just a, just a few months into being 17. And they were like, nah, you can't go yet because you don't got a diploma. Mm-hmm. So we won't wait. But luckily, that time in the delayed en- enlistment program did go towards my um, like mandatory service time. Um, so I grew up in a really patriotic family. Okay. Let's just say that they are proud Americans. They just know that they love living here in America. They love everything our country was founded on. Mm-hmm. They celebrate all the holidays, 4th of July, Memorial Day, President's Day, Veterans Day, all Grand that. Hog Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, um, and so they, my parents raised us to be that way as well. And I have two siblings. That's what I mean by us. So, um, when I was a little kid, my dad made me memorize all of the United States presidents in chronological order Mm. and any like important details about them. We had to be able to tell him that too. He made us memorize all the states and their capitals, Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes he would make us do it in alphabetical order. Let's just say I watched a lot of Animaniacs. Okay. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so I, gr- I grew up with a very solid love for America. Maybe not necessarily Americans, but America. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I was in 2001. I was eight years old when mm-hmm. 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I was old enough to remember it to have for it to have an actual impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like everything just kind of sprouted from there. I knew that I would always support service members. I didn't know that I would become one until I was 17. And my parents sat me down. They had a real conversation with me. They said, hey, look, we know you have always gotten good grades because I was a straight A student for several years. Mm hmm. And, like, we know that you've always had good grades. You're not going to have any issue getting into college. The issue you're going to have is paying for college because mm-hmm. we, we don't have it. Yeah. We don't have any money to give you. We don't have any money set aside for you to go. So, realistically, it's going to be some loans, maybe some grants if you can get some FAFSA. But mm-hmm. even that, because my dad, well, both my parents combined were making six figures. Yeah. Which is crazy because still sometimes we were living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. 
because my dad would pay something like $8,000 a week in taxes, just income tax and mm-hmm. social security, stuff like that. So because of that, there was pretty much no shot in hell of me getting financial aid yep, that same. I wouldn't have to someday pay back. Mm-hmm. Right. The struggle. Yep. It's like on paper, we're well off, we're wealthy, but in actuality, that's not how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, you are going to have to figure it out because I wanted to go to the East Coast. I knew I wanted to go to an East Coast school. I wanted to get the hell out of California. I wanted mm-hmm. to get the hell out of my dad's house because <laughs> my dad always wanted to be in the military yeah. and he ran his house like he was in the military. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. We gonna have my mama on the later episode. We'll probably yeah. have my dad on the later episode too. That man used to bounce quarters off my sheets. Oh my God. Not even a joke. We had to have our shoes dress right dress I knew that phrase from childhood okay. I mean if things he would come into my room and if things weren't how he liked it he tossed the whole thing and gave me like three hours to fix it he said I'll be back in three hours and if it's not done I'm gonna do it again oh no yes so I was fully prepped for yeah. all of all of the like military side details of being in service like having having to follow strict requirements for seemingly no fucking reason Mm -hmm. um so i did a little research i had a lot of friends including the guy i was dating at the time Mm -hmm. who were going into the army yeah so i was like all right let's see what this is about let's see let's go talk to somebody so i told my parents i didn't have a car i didn't drive so I told my Girl. parents, I was like, I want to go talk to a recruiter. Mm-hmm. And they were like, like, like a, like a military recruiter. I was like, yes, I, w- I would like to discuss the options of joining the military. And they were like, okay, but what you're going to do first is you're going to research jobs in the military and you're going to come up with a list of five jobs that you would be okay with doing that seem mm-hmm. interesting to you that you could be passionate about. Yeah. So it says, okay. So I did my research, got my little list. We went to the recruiter's office. We started with the first, the best, the only, the United States Army. And <laughs> <laughs> I walked in there and they're like, okay, sure. And started asking me all kinds of condescending questions. They're like, do you know what you would want to do? I said, I would like to be a signal intelligent or what what was it? I already Electric, forgot. Electronic warfare, warfare signals. Yep. Because and at the time that was a thirty five whiskey. That job no longer exists. That job is now a thirty five papa. Mm-hmm. But I enlisted as a thirty five whiskey. Yep. Same. So and the recruiter literally laughed in my face. So, um, yeah, I went to Meps. And they had my job and everything was good and signed up right there. And it was so funny because I came back the next day. Um, The impression that we were given was that this was just going to be an initial checkup to make sure everything about me qualified for military service. Mm -hmm. I came back with a whole ass contract in my hand. (laughs) My mom was like, wait, what? You signed it? You're, You're in the military? And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't leave until July, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I thought, ooh, she's like, I thought you were going to ship out in a couple weeks. I was like, no, they made me finish high school first. <laughs> so, um, and I remember it was the funniest thing, just random anecdote. That night we went to go see um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one, uh-huh. that night. And girl, it was so hard for me to stay awake because if you've been through MEPS, you know that's a long day. Yeah. They wake you up at like four in the morning. And I didn't get home until like seven, eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It was a long day. So, um, yeah. Then I graduated and shipped out. So what did you think about it when you got to reception? What were your, what were your thoughts leaving home for the first time? Um, leaving home for the first time was really hard because I had never been away from my parents for mm-hmm. more than a week. And that was when they were on trips to like Walt Disney World or to Europe because my dad works for Disney. So he travels a lot. Hey. And so I take my mom with him. Mm-hmm. So they were always able to do those kinds of trips just because they were work related. Yeah. So the first couple days wasn't that bad. I think the initial goodbyes, my mom was distraught. Okay. She was upset. But mm-hmm. not in like a non-supportive way. Yeah. It was just, she was just going to miss you. I'm her youngest. I'm her person. I'm her favorite. She will tell you this. She will look anybody in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh, my- I know you are. Mm-hmm. And she's she's like that with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was really, really upset. Like she had quit her job my senior year to be able to spend as much time with me as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was really hard for me. That was really sad. Uh, my dad tried to do the whole strong and silent thing. Like, we support you. I'm proud of you. Go get it yeah. done. Thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I get to reception. I get off the plane in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I'm immediately like, what the fuck is this? Because in California, you know this. Yep. We don't do humid. Yeah, okay? we just do hot. Right. We hot. I got it. I grew up in the Inland Empire. It's hot as shit. Middle of the desert. It's an awful place. So I got hot. But the humid, the humid child. Oh, my God. I was like, why am I sweating? I'm just standing here sweating. Mm -hmm. And then so I get to reception that first night. We got no sleep at all Mm -hmm. because I guess they were like waiting for all of the buses to show up Mm -hmm. so they could just process us all at once. So we all get there. We start filling out paperwork. More buses are coming in. People just pouring in. And I'm like, damn. So at this point, we're still in civilian clothes. And then we go to the chow hall. Mm-hmm. The chow hall is closed. Like, there's nobody in there except for us. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. I was like, this is kind of creepy. Like, I've seen horror movies start out like this. It's the <laughs> middle of the night. You know? Yeah. Like, we have to feed them. They've been sitting here for six hours already. Like, yeah. <laughs> food. So they, they send us through to the defect. And um, then we line up. We get our PT clothes. Because that's what they had to give us first. We got our PT clothes. Yeah. And then they send us to the bay. And it's just this big, long, cold, dark row of bunk beds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so, man. This, this looks like prison. <laughs> yeah. You remember when we got our PT clothes and then we ha- we put them, everyone put them on and then you, it was this funny thing, everyone with different shoes because we didn't have PT shoes yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember 
seen a few people, so maybe one of these could have been him. I remember people with fucking cowboy boots, and my husband was one of those people. <laughs> he says, I have my cowboy boots, and I was like, why would you? He's like, well, I don't know, that's all I had. And I was like, oh my god. But I, re- I yeah. remember, it was so funny looking at people in their fucking cowboy boots with their PTs. Mm-hmm. I just had little black tie-up sneakers. Yeah. Because I because my dad was like, you're not going to take anything with you except like a toothbrush, some uh, hairbrush and some hair ties and whatever you're wearing that day. Yeah. And that was all I brought. And mm-hmm. there were some brought whole ass suitcases. Yeah. Idiots. Full of clothes. I was like, where did you think you were going? Yeah. All so, right. So, uh, so yeah, you get into the bay and you see it. You think it's like prison. It literally looked like prison. I was like, did I fuck up and get on the wrong bus? Because this looks like I just went to juvie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've seen prison movies. I've seen prison TV shows. Like, think Orange is the New Black minus those barriers in between. Mm -hmm. That's that's how it looked. Mm -hmm. And there was a shit ton of people. There were so many people. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't just our company that was going to be there. It was the whole battalion alpha bravo and charlie was there there was so yeah. many people like you almost immediately you start making friends you start getting acquainted mm-hmm. with people and you're like oh i wonder if we're gonna end up together you know like yeah. in the same unit yeah like oh what's your job what'd you get right so we're like asking people and there was maybe a handful of 35 papas mm-hmm. or 35 35 whiskeys yeah um yeah, so it was a handful of us. So all of us were talking. And then we started meeting other people. Like, you meet your bunk mate. And so a lot of the time... Who's your bunk mate at reception? Oh, geez. I don't even remember. Because I was on a top bunk. I remember that. So was I at reception. Mm-hmm. I was on a top bunk the whole time. Um. Yeah, I don't remember. No. The people I remember from reception was you... Mm-hmm. You good enough? You you know what? I totally talked to you in the not the other day, but like I would say like a year ago, I talked to her. Oh, right. Yeah, she was here in Colorado. Yeah, she's how I learned how to French braid my hair. Things <laughs> they don't tell you you're gonna learn at basic training. Yeah, at a French braid. Mm-hmm. So good enough was my funk mate. Okay, I want to say <sighs> there was Kane and Randazio. Mm-hmm. Who else is in that photo? Also, yes, there was somebody with the last name good enough. Yes, that's like her actual government issue mm-hmm. last name. Um, also, if you're listening, hi, we hi. miss you. <laughs> How the baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember who my bunk mate was because okay. I remember re- reception is when night and I got really close. Like that's when we decided that we were friends. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Uh, we were at reception for forever. Mm-hmm. We were in there way longer than we were supposed to be to the point where, like I said, there was sometimes just nothing but downtime. We were mm-hmm. literally with nothing to do, shooting the shit. Yeah. You know, getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, And then finally, they're like, okay, today we are separating you into the platoons you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. And basically. Yeah. So I got put in fourth platoon. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, I was mad disappointed <laughs> when I got fourth platoon. Okay. Yeah. So in reception, they still do things like have you form up, count off. 
that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. None of the male platoons could get it right. They always had to do a recount. Female yeah. platoon counted mm-hmm. out, got yeah. it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And we're standing there looking at all of them like, y'all some big dummies. Yep. They're like, guys, how hard is it to count? Count. That's it. You don't have to do nothing else except say a number. Mm-hmm. And it's the number that comes after the one that the person to your right said. Mm-hmm. The next number. Just pay attention. Yeah. You don't even got to pay attention the whole time. Just listen to the person next to you. <laughs> how how are you still getting this wrong? Because when they would get it wrong, they'd have to do like six, seven times. Yeah. And then sometimes even then the drill sergeant would be like, all right, we don't got time for this. We got to go to chow. Mm-hmm. Where was I going with that? I lost <laughs> you were getting oh, put in platoons. So, yes. So you immediately, you get to see, you start noticing it's always the same people fucking up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would have to run back upstairs and then run back downstairs and get information. And the, it was always the same oh, people oh, lagging, mm-hmm. having us do it again. So they're announcing all of, all of the people in fourth platoon. It's all the people who kept fucking up. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This can't be happening. This isn't real. This is the dream. And I was like, Lord, don't put that. Don't, don't say number four behind that person. Mm-hmm. And it's always Blue Falcon, whatever your name is fourth platoon i was like fuck every single time yeah and then of course like the friends i had already made all got put in different platoons mm-hmm. now at the time i didn't know we was all gonna be living together so i was i was bummed i was like this is gonna be some bullshit man yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we go we grab our duffel bags we get on the bus and they have you close your eyes and put your head down and they're mm-hmm. like, think about why you're here. Yeah. Think about it good and long and hard and hold on to that because you are going to need that for the next 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. 11 weeks, whatever it was. This is the last time you're going to have your thoughts to yourself, your mm-hmm. quietness. This, 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 is, this yep. is it. So then they're like, all right, everybody up and off the bus. The mm-hmm. second you step on the ground off the bus, you got somebody screaming in your ear. Mm-hmm. And then do you remember, do you remember so they start screaming at you, right? And then you mm-hmm. remember all of our shit got thrown, like mm-hmm. all of our bags, and they're like, You better hurry up and go find out find your bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was running so frantic. I know. <laughs> and then I think my my one of my boots came out of my duffel bag, so then I was like, that's hilarious yeah i know i had a lock on my duffel bag so i was like it's not coming open yeah somehow it it escaped (laughs) 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 i'm sorry i could just picture you doing it so you step off the bus Mm -hmm. immediately the shark attack starts and you have to run and go try and find your bag the whole time someone is screaming at you. Mm-hmm. The whole tell time. You, tell you you get you to hurry up. Yes. Uh-huh. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Over, uh, over and over I'm again. Like, and in normal, right? <laughs> in normal conditions, you would literally cock back and just punch this person in the mouth. Yeah. But you can't do that. So you're like, I gotta find the bag. You just tune yeah. them out. And it's like, literally, they, they pull drills, as many drill sergeants as they can for these shark attacks. Yeah. Drill sergeants for this shit okay yeah so they're like fuck y'all let's go do a shark attack so you separate in your platoons they have you they have you stack your duffel bags uh, like as a platoon and then you have whatever personal bag you brought with you 
Mm-hmm. And they have you hold that shit over your head. Now, remember, what I said yeah. was some people brought whole ass suitcases of stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, these people are going to have a harder time than me with my little backpack and my like mm-hmm. toothbrush and hairbrush. Yeah. Nothing in my bag. I was like, all right, cool. Got this. <laughs> Easy. Um, but then some people can't hold it up. And in our platoon, what I noticed was it was only guys who were dropping their bags. Mm-hmm. It was the men. Y'all out here supposed Weak. to be stronger. Weak. Why y'all can't hold up your own shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that took forever. And then they finally, everything calms down. And your drill sergeants, who are going to be with you the whole cycle, come over and introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. Fourth platoon was all the way fucking wacky. Because at the time, we only had one drill sergeant who was available. So he comes over, and he starts introducing himself. And he's a little guy. He was short. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you have to resist the urge to laugh. Because I'm telling you, if you laugh... They're going to ruin your whole life. Mm-hmm. Don't at, at that stage, they're going to ruin everybody else's life, too. And you mm-hmm. will be labeled from jump. Like, I don't fucking like you. So you can't laugh. Even though they try to get you to laugh. Because they're making jokes. So many jokes. They're making jokes about you. And you're like, that's really funny, actually. But you can't yeah. Don't and even move your face. They're making jokes about you. And they're making jokes about other people and then you look at the other people and you're just like you want to laugh so bad yeah it's really hard but don't laugh if you're out there contemplating going to basic training don't laugh uh so then everybody gets put in their bays all of the females got put in one bay all of the males got put in the other three bays and yeah everything just rolls on from there it was 17 when we arrived as were you mm-hmm my 18th birthday, we did yep. the Victory Tower. So, yep. So, what what were your thoughts on Victory Tower? Victory Tower. Uh, I. Like, were you scared? There was this moment, right? Okay, so Victory Tower is not just one wall that you have to repel down. It's this whole rope tower that you have to get around. And so even though there's a net Mm -hmm. underneath you, you're like, I really don't want to fall. So the way they had prescribed Mm -hmm. to go across the rope was to go on top and just kind of use your arms and slide your feet along with you. My bottom heavy ass swung to the bottom of the rope. So I'm clinging like a chameleon. Okay. (laughs) And I'm, I'm clinging and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) And they're like, you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. Either drop or keep moving. And I'm like, I'm not yeah. dropping because I got to go to the yeah. back of the line and do it again. Back and do it again. So I was like, all right. So I'm yeah. literally like monkey crawling across this thing. I make it to the other side. Mm-hmm. But from that angle, it's really hard to get down without falling. So it was, yeah. it was a whole experience. And then I finally get to the rappel wall where you have to, it's, it's like a 40 foot wall. Mm-hmm. You got to rappel down it. And mm-hmm. the only thing stopping you is this rope and one of your battle buddies at the bottom holding on to the rope. And you're mm-hmm. just like, and if you let yeah. go, I don't care how far I fell, I'm going to get up and I'm going to rock your shit. Like, I promise you, I'll punch you in the face. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to make this out. And it was the, it was the person that was mm-hmm. before you doing the rope. So, like, once you were done, 
You'd yep, be so you had no way. control over who was at the bottom for you. And mm-hmm. at the top of that wall, I tell you what, there was this just pocket of fear in my stomach that just grew and grew and grew until I was literally like, <sighs> they were like, Brian, are you good? I was like, yes, drill sergeant. And I literally just kicked off the wall and I, I was down in yeah. two kicks. Like that went really fast, yeah. and I'm a little bit upset by it. <laughs> I was like, I should have made that last yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, mm-hmm. I love, I love doing stuff like that. Cause so my mom's in working like law enforcement at the time mm-hmm. when I went to basic, and so like her work would have these little like picnic, lunch, whatever, like activity things, and they had one of those. So I got to do it. So I already mm-hmm. like, knew what I was doing. So I was like, ooh, this fun. Yeah, no, me me and Heights have never been friends. So I was like, man, why it got to be something tall? It's my birthday. I'm just trying to have a good day. But no, it ended up being super fun. Uh, The rough Mm -hmm. part was that at that point, we had only been there for, yeah, we had only been in South Carolina for like 10 days. So we were maybe Mm -hmm. three days in to the actual basic training experience and Mm -hmm. yeah I we weren't getting mail obviously and I was like everybody's gonna forget about me at home I was just having this really negative emotional downward spiral in my head but um one of the girls in the bay found out that it was my birthday this is the sweetest Mm -hmm. thing I was not ready. This shit made me bawl like a baby. She got a piece of notebook paper, mm-hmm. folded it in half, and wrote happy birthday, Schultz, on the front of it. Well, no, not my last name. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Schultz, on the, on the front, and went around the bay and had a bunch of people sign this card. And mm-hmm. her and, like, four of the girls in my platoon or that I was close with already brought it over to me, and they were like, happy birthday. We know this is hard, but... Like, we're proud of you. We're here with you. I was bawling, mm-hmm. like, ugly crying, snot coming out my nose. It was, but it was so yeah. nice. And I was like, I don't know any of you. And you really went out of your way to do whatever you could, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, just don't tell yeah. the drill sergeant that it's my birthday. And so that day, 4th Platoon had gotten the new drill sergeant. It was our female drill sergeant, Drill Sergeant Richter. Shout out Drill Sergeant Richter. She was one mm-hmm. of our favorites. So she was really hard on us. So when she, as she's introducing herself, she's like smoking us at the same time. And yeah. that was just her little fun way of introducing herself. Um, so I, I And again, I start crying while I'm doing these push-ups because I was like, I just wanted to have a nice birthday. I was really just distraught. But after that, I get yeah. the card and it was really nice. So the next, the next big thing that happened to me, and this is where my string of bad luck starts. Mm-hmm. We, when we did finally start getting mail, my parents, like most families, sent a care package. Mm-hmm. The towels mm-hmm. they have you buy at basic training are about the size of a dish towel. Also, they're mm-hmm. brown. Then they do not dry you very well. They don't dry well. They're not absorbent. All they do is just kind of move the water around. Um, they're really small. They're not soft. They're really scratchy towels. 
So I was like, if you could send me a bath towel, that would be cool. And because we don't get the list of things that are contraband. The families get the list of things that they can't send us. A towel was not on that list. So yeah, I get my first package and it's got a towel, some Luden's cherry cough drops that just taste like candy, but they're cough drops. So they have to let you have them. Um, and mm-hmm. some those letters and pictures and stuff. That stuff, <laughs> oof, those mm-hmm. cough drops, girl. Um, mm-hmm. So the drill sergeant, as always, whoever's on duty that night, goes through your packages. You have to open it up, lay everything out in front of him. And then he, he or she looks at it and goes, you're good to go. Go back to your formation. All right, awesome. So that's what happened to me. I was told I was good to go. So I take my box with my mm-hmm. towel. So then uh, maybe two, three weeks later, they do a health and wellness check. And they find my towel. Mm -hmm. And they say, this is contraband. Go line up over there. And there's a whole line of people who apparently got caught with contraband. Mm -hmm. Now, this contraband consisted Mm -hmm. of, like, things like scented shampoo. Mm -hmm. um, Certain kinds of deodorant. Stuff like that. Nothing that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, lotion. lotion. Nothing that's actually contraband. I think a couple people had a pair of tweezers. So nothing, nothing yeah. actually contraband. Just stuff that's they don't want you to have for whatever reason. So, yeah. But all of these things had come in the mail, so we were told at the beginning of the health and wellness, anyone found with contraband is going to get an Article 15. So all of us are in this line, freaking the fuck out because we're like, wait a minute. Nah, I got a protest. I literally said, I was like, drill sergeant, that came in the mail. I was told by drill sergeant so-and-so that I could have that. He saw it. He looked at it. He said mm-hmm. I was good. And they were like, okay, we're going to look into that. Because that was a lot of people's story. So apparently, this one drill sergeant mm-hmm. was telling people they could have whatever. And that's how we ended up with the stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. you notice I wasn't hiding it. It was hanging right there. Like, obviously, I thought I could have yeah. it. So... And this yeah. was a big group. I want to say out of the whole company, this was a group of like 30 people. So a little a little baby platoon mm-hmm. all by itself. And so instead of getting an Article 15, we all got extra duty. For, mm-hmm. I want to say like a week. We all got extra duty for like a week. Mm-hmm. And man, the last thing you want to do at basic training is have extra duty. Because what extra duty means mm-hmm. is... When everyone else's day is over, after they all get their mail and you've had evening chow, all that other stuff, everybody goes back to the bay, shower, study, clean your weapon, whatever you want to do. That's your free time until the drill sergeant comes for lights out. Mm-hmm. While everybody else is doing that, extra duty is outside spraying the concrete with a hose and then you sweep the water off the concrete. Or you're pulling weeds. Or you're doing something ridiculous. When all you want to do is just go take a damn shower. And Mm -hmm. the only times we ever got out of this. Is when there was the hurricane style rains. That hit South Carolina in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah that was a fun time. And I think. I think the rest of basic training went off without a hitch. Except for towards the end. So after a certain point, soldiers get paired up and you have to go do CQ duty with whichever sergeant's on duty. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. So me and my battle buddy, 
got put on CQ duty together. I was like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. They didn't tell us until, um, I guess they had given us a different time the night before. So then we got called on the loudspeaker when we woke up in the morning. And if you're on CQ duty, you skip PT, you do all this stuff. You literally just sit in the office with the drill sergeant. Yeah. So we were like, oh, shit, we're supposed to be up there now. So we didn't make our beds. We didn't do anything. We literally put on our uniforms, grabbed our weapons, and, and bounced. So when we mm-hmm. came back, we got in trouble because our beds weren't made. So whoever, whichever drill sergeant was in charge of that bay called us into his office and basically handed us a new asshole and was like, I'm going to be looking into getting you guys a summarized article 15. The girl I was with, I'm not going to say her name, same battle buddy says something to the effect of drill sergeant. That's not fair. And he's like, what do you mean? That's not fair. Everyone else made their bed today. And she's like, yeah, but we got called Mm -hmm. up and everybody at some point hasn't made their bed. So he's like, so what you're telling me is that everyone in this bay deserves an article 15 right now because at some point they haven't made their bed i was immediately like no 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 i was like jill sergeant she's upset she's not thinking clearly this is our fault we take full responsibility for this i was like please don't listen to her yeah this is on us we should have stopped Mm -hmm. taking the extra time to make our beds and we didn't and he was like okay I appreciate you taking responsibility for your actions. And I was just like, who a drill sergeant? He's like, I'll let you know what's going on mm-hmm. later. I was like, okay. And then I was like, bro, what are you doing? You're about to get everybody in here in trouble for you. Like, yeah. they didn't not make your bed. You didn't make your bed. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, this is bullshit. Because now they're going to, because we were so close to graduating that the, the really only option was to take away family day. And everyone else had already left for family day. And then all of a sudden, we get the drill sergeant who's on duty calling us over the intercom. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, Private, are you ready? We were like, ready for what, drill sergeant? He's like, are you all ready for family day? We're like, drill sergeant, we got family day taken away. He's like, be up at CQ in two minutes. We're like, oh, okay. So he's just grab our shit and run right he's like get in the van get in the van get in the van we gotta go get in the van get in the van (laughs) he's like Mm -hmm. i'm not missing family day for y'all so y'all get to have family day (laughs) (laughs) so we pull up and we go and get tucked in the woods and stuff and i'm i'm real quick on my cell phone like hey i'll be in the formation like don't don't leave after the ceremony and my mom what 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 what?" and so like i had to put my shit away so then Everything pops off the whole go through the whole ceremony and everything. And the parents yeah. finally find me. Do they still do they still do that? Do they still do all this? I don't even know. But I'm telling you, one of those right. one of those flashbangs went off right next to me as I was running. <laughs> I literally almost like flipped forward. It scared the daylights out of me. I was because you can't see anything. And then just boom, this really loud yeah. bang. They're like just start running mm-hmm. forward. They're just they're just throwing them. So uh, we finally get to the formation and I end up, I don't know how this happened, but I end up lining up directly in front of my parents in the stairs. I can see them and like my heartbeat starts racing, 
right away. And I'm like, oh, yeah. there they are, there they are. And I'm seeing them and they're looking this way. They're looking that way everywhere but at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> it was so frustrating. I was like, they're not going to be able to find me. I'm 10 feet in front of them. Like, really, mm-hmm. really? There's not that many brunettes here. Yes, there was, but anyways. Yeah. So the commander ends the ceremony. First sergeants get control of the companies. Our first sergeant, I don't know if you remember this, he was like, stay in place until your family finds you. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It's 500 people out here. We all look the same. Yeah. What do you mean until they find me? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm standing there. Slowly, everybody's kind of breaking off, finding their finding their people. And now there's a crowd of people around me who all found yeah. their families. I'm like, now they're never going to be able to find me because there was one six foot five dude in front of me. Just a bunch of people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the, the really tall dude goes, um, there's a family looking for Schultz. And there was two Schultzes. There was a male Schultz for you and mm-hmm. the, me, the female Schultz for the O. And I was just like, male mm-hmm. or female? And he was like, female. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's me. I'm right here. <laughs> so like all of a sudden it was like this magical movie moment the crowd parts and yeah. there's my mom and I'm telling you I took off like a rocket I shot right at her and like had the biggest mm-hmm. hug both of us instantly start bawling it was the craziest thing and then turns out so my dad walks up slowly after that and like gives me a hug and everything and he's like I was right behind you I was literally about to put my hand on your shoulder and you took off and I was like where is she going <laughs> I was like, yeah. mama. <laughs> I was like, you're harder to find. She's blonde. Um, so yeah. yeah, we went and had a good day, good graduation, all that kind of stuff. And then you went, you got a tattoo. I did. I went. Uh, that was until graduation <laughs> day. Graduation day. My yeah. parents were like, okay, what do you want to do? Anything you want to do, we got you. And I was like, tattoo. Yeah. I had, and I don't know. I had never thought of this tattoo until this that day. Yeah. And... But some, I don't know, something was on my heart to get this tattoo. So I got Whom Shall I Fear tattooed around my left ankle. I remember I was like, you showed up and I was like, what the hell's going on? Uh I was like, ow, (laughs) ow, my boots hurt, ow. You're like, what's wrong with you? I was Mm -hmm. like, got a tattoo. You got a tattoo. I was like, what? I was like, I got new boots and you got a new tattoo. Yeah, everybody (laughs) came back with brand new Nike boots, all this other stuff. Yep. (laughs) Those are so comfortable, out of ranks, but so comfortable. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, most of the time you couldn't even tell unless you were like no. up close looking at them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I went and I got a tattoo. Man, that was a mistake. My shit was itchy. I was itchy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Eh. Um, and then the next day, we got on a flight to Monterey, California, Ooh-ooh. and that's where our DLI experience started. That. So when we got to DLI, I was so happy to be back in California because oh, yeah. I was I was finally somewhere where it was not it didn't feel like I was literally tucked inside the devil's ass crack. <laughs> which is how South Carolina in the summer feels. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said it. That's how it feels. Also, quick side note, bugs in South Carolina are not the same as they are in California. They're yeah. much bigger. Um, so everybody who shows up at DLI, you get put in phase four. Mm-hmm. I 
had made the mistake of throwing out my PT shoes when I was still in uh, Fort Jackson. I don't know why I did it. I think they did, were just really yeah. busted. Did you just know. think you're like, oh, I'm going to get there and I'm going to buy shoes? Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know that we were immediately going to put be put back into lockdown. <laughs> yeah. I thought <laughs> I was going to have an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because we what we graduated on a Friday and I think we showed up there on a Saturday or something like that. Yeah. It was, it was a weekend. I know that because there was just nobody around. Yeah. I remember it being like dead, nobody around, no platoon sergeants, mm-hmm. stuff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought I was going to have a chance to buy new PT shoes. I did not. Uh, so phase four was interesting. I only did the required two weeks I didn't have to stay in phase four any longer mm-hmm. than anybody else um I did meet some interesting characters while in phase four mm-hmm. which was fun yeah um yeah so phase four went by pretty much uneventfully mm-hmm. um the first I want to say week I had to sleep on a cot because they didn't have enough rooms. Yep. So I was one of the people who got put on a cot. Yep, same. But I had really I got put in a really like squared away room. And they pretty much took care of everything for the first week. So the first week was a breeze because I didn't have to do anything. I didn't even have drawers, so there was nothing for them to inspect for me. Mm. So nothing ever got tossed because there was nothing to toss because all of my stuff was in a duffel bag. Yeah. Um, and then that second week had to deal with rolling the shirts, rolling the shorts, rolling the underwear. Rolling the underwears. I got pictures of those too. Mm-hmm. You can check out our Instagram for photos of what we had to go through. And again, I got put on the top bunk. Basically my whole army experience where there were bunk beds, I was on the top. And yeah, so phase four went by pretty quick. The uh, I was initially supposed to start class mm-hmm. with you and Nick and Sergeant Willis and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got bumped from the class because an E5 that they weren't expecting to come yeah. was uh, had like changed his MOS. So I got booted out of the class. I got put in the next one. The next one wasn't for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting around doing absolutely nothing for three weeks, which was pretty cool. Um, and that was my phase five experience. Mm-hmm. Um, something did happen, though, in phase five to where I didn't get to be promoted to five plus with the rest of you. And that was. I think I had missed curfew or something like that, so they had extended me like another week. Okay. Um, so yeah, phase, phase five again, pretty just whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in phase five, though, I did get my, my own room finally, and I got put with my roommate. Her name was Brooke, and then she introduced me to the group of friends that I would have for the rest of the, of my time at DLI. Mm-hmm. And we would all hang out outside at the gazebo. It mm-hmm. was fun. 
shenanigans. Shenanigans, y'all. Shenanigans, okay? I'll be looking outside my window and be like, what are they doing? I'm trying to study. (laughs) She's like, but that sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, so just, just shenanigans. And it was pretty cool. Um, then I finally got bumped to five plus, which means I no longer had a curfew. I could wear my civilian clothes off post. Yeah. Just like you get to be treated like an adult again. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when the trouble started. So <laughs> I thought, she was, she was a little rebel, little rebel soldier. I look, I was not a rebel. Yes, you were. I want yes. I know I wanted to do what they wanted me to do. I really did. It just never shook out that way. <laughs> That's not the way this cookie crumbled. So um yeah, I got I finally got into a class mm-hmm. and day one of class they just start talking at you in Russian. So learning learning any language is difficult. Mm-hmm. People who catch on to languages very quickly are really gifted people. Yeah. Learning a language like Russian that is nothing like English mm-hmm. is the biggest mindfuck of all time, probably. Yeah. Because you're like, that doesn't make sense to the way my brain is ra- is wired, you know? And mm-hmm. they're like, no, but it makes perfect sense in Russian. Like, but I'm not Russian. I don't speak Russian. And my issue, I don't know if you had this problem... I would start responding to them in Spanish <laughs> because that was what I knew. No, I knew English and I knew Spanish. And it was really funny because my teaching team lead um, was fluent in like 13 different languages. Yeah. So he would be like, okay, that's really good. You knew what I said and you responded correctly. Now I just need you to respond in the correct language. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do that. I don't, I don't know why I do that. They're like, no, no, that's actually, it actually makes a lot of sense because the way the brain is wired, you, when someone speaks to you in a foreign language, you will actually revert to your second language, not your first. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Whatever. Okay. Um, so. Mm. All right. So yeah, we're there at DLI. You're in your class now. We're there. Um, yep. And also, it was, you guys, we, um. So we, we went, our AIT was a lot different than normal because we were there with all branches of service. So they said, mm-hmm. you know, Marine, Army, Navy, um, fucking, what was it? Like a foreign, like, yeah. services. Like they went, they went all there where we were at. So it's like people in our class, we had people in the Navy and the Air Force, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So what, what was your like take on not just being with army people now and like being with all these nerds? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so everyone, everyone at DLI is a nerd. You Basically. just have to find out what they're a nerd for. Yep. Um, and it was really funny. So our ratio was, we had a majority of air force in my class uh-huh. and so I, I want to say we had, ours was a really small class. We only had two sections. We had section D and section E because okay. I think it was just supposed to be an extension of your guys's class. Okay. So we were, we were kind of wedged in this like in-between area. 
mm-hmm. where there was another class behind us that was only a couple weeks behind us. Yes. And then you guys were only a couple weeks ahead of us. Yes. So ours was a really small class. We only had six people in each section. Eesh. So total, we had six airmen, two seamen or people in the Navy, and three army. And that was it. So we, we ended our class with, I want to say, six six or seven people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. our so Marine. If you like, him. if you like are stucking at these tests, at all this stuff, they will like already start and reclass you because mm-hmm. they're, you're wasting time. You're wasting money, so much money. Because mm-hmm. um, tuition at this school is $200,000. Mm-hmm. So every single person that the government sends to these schools costs them 200000 taxpayer dollars. And they're like, yo, if you're not going to be able to finish this yeah, and pass it and mm-hmm. do the job we need you to do, yeah, we're just going to yank you and we're going to have you do something else. Yep. So, so yeah, that's when, she, that's what she means by like, at in the end, that's how many people finished because most of the time, either you got kicked out or you got reclassed. Right. Or sometimes if you were really lucky and it, it had something to do with extenuating circumstances, oh, yeah. you got rolled, you got back, rolled back, back into a class behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that a lot of that happened around mod six mm-hmm. because that was like, this is this is where we separate who's going to make it through the rest of this class and who just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we ended up with only six people out of twelve, which shows you is a pretty pretty accurate assessment of the success rate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I I took to it fairly well. My one of my teachers called me the Mozart of languages <laughs> because. I guess I had no idea why I understood, but I understood. Mm-hmm. And it was the weirdest thing. That's I think that's how Nick is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. He's so smart. He's he's better at it than either of us. He he keeps it back here. And uh-huh. when when we were there, it's just like it was. I I had to go to fucking study hall every day. Every mm-hmm. day, like mandatory study hall. And he would go with me and he'd be like, you know, doing, you know, I'd have to be doing my homework and doing all this extra shit. And I was just like, how do you, how do you do it? Like he passed all his tests. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, it was frustrating. Cause I, I felt like I studied pretty well, but yeah. There was, I think there was only one of the mods I ended up on mandatory study hall. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time I was just there because I think it was part of my punishment or something. Yeah. Because I mm-hmm. have this lifelong terrible habit where me and homework do not get along. Mm-hmm. At this school, there's about eight hours of homework a night. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. I would do it in the morning. And, yeah, I would literally... <laughs> Like waste hours and hours and hours, and then I'd find myself doing it at two, three in the morning mm-hmm. before PT. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I got in trouble a few times for not doing my homework. So then I got sentenced to mandatory study hall because they were like, at least this cuts out two hours of your life to do homework. homework. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's fair. 
Um, and yeah, I got rolled back to phase four a couple of times. <sighs> Jeez. Um, yeah, it was only it was only twice a DLI. Yeah, everybody made it seem like I was in trouble way more than I actually was. Yeah. But I was not in trouble that often. It was just big trouble when I did get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was to the point where I just kept everything to phase four standards mm-hmm. underneath my regular clothes. Yeah. So I just had everything set up. And then underneath my my sheets and stuff, I kept yeah. the phase four Mm-hmm. bedding that sort of thing until they had a ton of phase fours come in and then they're like we need your blankets and stuff i was like all right but i didn't get put on phase four again okay um so just to clarify being put on phase four status is that does not make me a phase four again so i don't have to repeat any of those trainings and things like that it's yeah. just i you have the same curfew checks. as them yeah. how to do bed checks um, I had to keep my room to those standards. I wasn't allowed to wear civilian clothes, that they, sort of thing. Yeah, they took away your stuff. Mm-hmm. They took all of my stuff and put it in a bag and put it in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. basically it. Um, and that is where DLI is where I met Tilly. Mm-hmm. And we were fondly known throughout the company as the Trouble Twins. No, oh, yep. I can see that. Because... And it was almost like if one of us was in trouble, so was the other one for a completely separate reason. <laughs> but both of us were just like we had to have a battle buddy everywhere I in phase four. I can't wait for Sergeant Willis to tell us his side of y'all's. <laughs> oh, man. I know. You know what? He's going to hurt my feelings. I feel like. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so, yeah, you always got in trouble. Sometimes mm-hmm. it, literally it wouldn't be your fault. It'd be her fault. Yes, and I I just happen to be guilty by association, and yep. because every phase four needs a battle buddy. Yep. So it was easier to have two people in trouble and on phase four status instead of actually being phase fours. Yeah. Because they didn't want us corrupting the phase fours, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and we just happened to get in trouble at the same time all the time, mm-hmm. um, and then she ended up being my roommate. Yep. And they were like, Lord have mercy. You're kidding. I was like, I know. What is it? You're like, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I know. You're kidding. <laughs> um, no, you're kidding me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so I went through class and I did pretty well in all my classes. I got all A's and B's. Mm-hmm. And I even have my transcripts because I use them for college now. But um, I got all A's and B's. I had a really good GPA and I did not pass my DLPT. Mm-hmm. It, that Boys and girls, that test gets you. Those questions, mm-hmm. those answers. We only had one Marine. Mm-hmm. I got, I think my score on the first DLPT I took was, it was either one plus two one. Or it was a two two one, and I needed a one plus. Oh, so it was it something was... I was really close to passing, but I didn't. So that was the speaking. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking was always my weak spot. Always, yeah. always, always. I was surprised. I was I went in with a memorized like this is what I'm gonna bring up so that they can talk about so they can ask me these questions that I memorized. <laughs> like yeah. I strategically I had the best teachers that were like, This is what's gonna happen. This is what you're gonna like, this is what they're gonna ask you. So be right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, All right, bet and I got yeah. out of there with that one plus and yeah because that's that's the good thing about those teachers is they want you to pass Mm -hmm. like they don't want to see you again they want you to pass they want you to be successful because they know that not passing has some pretty intense consequences sometimes yeah so uh when i didn't pass one of my teachers actually started crying what the because she was so upset Mm mm-hmm she was like, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. And she's, she was literally like, I'm going to go talk to the person who gave you your test and figure out what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all of my teachers were like hugging me and they're like, no, this is a fluke. This wasn't you. We know that you have this. We know you know it. Yeah. Um, but as we've said in previous episodes, it is very, very difficult to get a second chance. Mm-hmm. And I had already pissed off <laughs> everybody. <laughs> I had pissed off everybody on the military side of it. Yeah. Fortunately for me, though, none of them really get a say in whether or not you get a second chance. It's completely up to your teachers because your teachers are the ones who are in, in class with you every day. Your mm-hmm. teachers are the ones who see your abilities. Um, and a lot of the times, the military side of it are causing you stress and are causing those extenuating circumstances that cause you not to pass. Yeah. So my, my teachers fought for me. Mm-hmm. And it was literally, I found out I was getting post-class during my article 15 hearing. Dead ass. The battalion commander was like, I don't know. Cause I, I think I ended up talking to the battalion commander cause I had appealed my art, my article 15. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to see the battalion commander and he was pissed off at me too. But that's when he told me that I was getting post-class because he was like, obviously you've impressed your teachers. Obviously whatever's going on for you on the military side is not consistent with how you are in class. So I don't know which one is who you really are. Either way, you've been granted post-class. You get eight more weeks of training and another DLPT. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I literally like broke down crying. I was like, there's no freaking way this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was cool. And I was like, okay, at least, at least they were there for me, you know, like at least yeah. they had my back. Yeah. And so she ended up in post class, you guys. Nick ended up in the same post class. So they were there uh, together for eight more weeks. How many people were in your class? Um, I want to say maybe maybe like six five, or seven. Yeah, like there wasn't that many people. Yeah, so y'all got that little refresher training, mm-hmm. and then round two goes, and what happens? Round two goes, and I pass. Girl, I get I get a two, two plus one plus. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Sweet, you get to be a linguist." We send you to Goodfellow when your orders come up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet. When are the orders coming? They're like, we don't know. 
<laughs> just hang out. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So then, and I think it was another couple weeks on casual status. And, and also, you guys had like holiday block leave too. That's true. We were there for another holiday because I graduated in November. Mm-hmm. So there was there was a gap. So I was on casual status for a couple weeks in November. We went on holiday block leave. And then when I came back in January, mm-hmm. I was back in class and Nick yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. And I, oh man, I used to mess with Nick so much in class. It was the I funniest know. thing. You know, those little <laughs> levers on the bottom of yeah. the chair yeah, that make it go up and down. Yeah. He'd be sitting in his chair and I would kick his lever and it would drop his chair all the way to the bottom. <laughs> and he would yelp in class and the teacher would turn around and be like what happened he was like nothing and I'm trying not to die laughing yeah those are some great teachers too and that was funny because our teaching team lead in post-class was the mentor of my teaching team lead in regular class so she had already heard all about me yeah from from him um so that was nice too yeah that was that was fun that was cool and then randomly one day we get orders to Goodfellow. We're like, okay, off we go. So you start the whole out processing mm-hmm. process. So yeah. So yeah, all right. You're at Goodfellow now and uh you're doing so Goodfellow for you guys, I didn't really talk about it that much. I just basically said I was in Texas. But it's an Air Force base. Um that the again mostly all the branches also go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to finish off their rest of their intel training. So it's like the technical side of the training yes. mm-hmm. um, that we had to do since we spent a whole year plus learning a language. Yeah, the side that's more of a science, less of an art mm-hmm. is at Goodfellow. And there's also other trainings that happen there too. So the, yeah, they have like the fire, I think fire, the fire, fire dog fire. there. Yeah. We used to call them fire dogs. They were just marine firemen, but they were there too. Uh, The 35 Novembers go there, and they're there for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Um, I arrived in Goodfellow in February. Okay. It was so cold because PT was at, I want to say, 530 every morning. I remember it snowed one time when I was there. I think I think the night I showed up, there was a thunderstorm or something like that. Yeah, that we got like the lightest dusting of snow, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? I'm in Texas." Right. I was like, "I don't think I like Texas." <laughs> soon, soon I was to find out that Texas ain't even as bad as Maryland, ain't even <laughs> close to being as bad as Maryland. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's PT super early every morning. Mm-hmm. But I will say I was making hella money at Goodfellow. Because mm-hmm. I was technically, we were all technically TDY en route. So it mm-hmm. wasn't a PT. Yeah. So we were getting that per diem. Mm-hmm. So you can ask Nick. We were ordering Steak Express. Like, Girl, Steak Express! Style. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, me and Pope. Me and Pope, we would order and I'd be like... Pope, do you want to get Steak Express? I was like, I'm only going to order it if you want it because I want to get like the big bundle like thing where it's mm-hmm. like two steaks, shrimp, and then like the baked potato. Mm-hmm. And the cheesecake. Was, yep. And I was just like, I was like, I don't like cheesecake. I'm just one of those people. I was mm-hmm. like, you can have the cake, 
you can either have one of the steaks or like all the shrimp like it's up to you and and it came with like the side salads and oh, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was just like literally ordering steak express almost all the time goodfellow was okay i did get put on phase four status one time at goodfellow because the rule was you could not be in anyone's barracks room unless it was your own Mm-hmm. Even, if, even if you were just like in a in your female friend's barracks room if that yeah. was not your room you were not supposed to be in there yeah um so naturally <laughs> I was chilling <laughs> in one of my friend's rooms with her she was yeah. like folding her laundry or something and uh we would hang out all the time we had like these silly string fights one time it was great mm-hmm. and she had left her door open and all of a sudden out of nowhere my platoon sergeant walks by the door and mm-hmm. I'm literally sitting there and I didn't move. I didn't say a word. And he just walked by and I was like, Oh, maybe he didn't see me. And all of a sudden he's walking backwards and he stops in the door and he goes, Schultz, is this your room? And I said, no, Sergeant. He was like, why don't you go find your room? And I was like, okay. And then, so I went to my room. Sure as shit. The next day I get a counseling statement. Saying yeah. I was in somebody else's room. I'm mm-hmm. on phase four status. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. And this was the weekend we were supposed to have our class dinner. So we were supposed to go to, I think it was like Twin Peaks or Twin Mountains or something like that. Yeah. And have steak and all this stuff and just like chill out with our teachers and our class. And I couldn't go. And one other person couldn't go because we got put on phase four status. Hmm. Bunch of BS. But, hmm. um, yeah, and all I can think about is that damn steak express now. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I wonder it's if it's so still good open. Too. <laughs> it was so good. Okay, for for the people that don't know, steak express was literally like a drive-through delivery steak place. Like that's all they sold. Like steak, they had shrimp, they had you know maybe fish, um, and like their little side salads, and then like dessert. And that's it. I would order it. I'm telling you, order it all the time. It was so good. Yep. It was amazing. And they would deliver it right to your barracks door. Yep. Mm-hmm. They would come up and drop it off. Yep. It was crazy. Yeah. We need one of those in every city in America. It's based, like, legit. I'm, I'm going to be thinking it about was, that now. It was real good. All right, um, so you're you're at Goodfellow, you're finishing up that training, mm-hmm. you finish it, you graduate, because I don't think nothing much really happened while you were at Goodfellow, right? Like Mm-mm. I feel like for mostly everyone, nothing, nothing yeah. crazy happened. Like, and it's also because you're there for such a short time. So I got yeah, there, it's like quick. Yeah, I got there beginning of February. I want to say like February third or fourth. We graduated April fourth or fifth. And I was mm-hmm. in Maryland the next day. Yeah. And I was gone. Yeah. All right. Oh. So now you find you guys, you Yahoo's are finally in Maryland. Well, and... this Yahoo was finally in Maryland because Nick decided to take like two weeks of leave. So yeah. I showed up first. <laughs> yeah. Just to put it on the record. I yeah. was I was the firstborn child. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. Okay, so what do I mean by I was the firstborn child obviously I don't mean biologically Mm -hmm. I mean that because when I showed up in Maryland 
I was assigned a squad leader. So I showed up on Friday. Yeah. My squad leader had been promoted to sergeant on Monday. I know. <laughs> so he was, he had been, already been in the army for a while. So he wasn't new necessarily. He was just a brand new NCO. Yeah. And I was his first soldier. I was mm. female. And he was like, wait a minute. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. So um, he was living in the barracks at the time. So we were basically neighbors on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I got assigned to Bravo Company, which was not a linguist company. Nope. It only had non, non-language designated signal MOSs. Mm-hmm. Except for my squad leader, and our first sergeant, shout out for Sergeant Espada. Um, so Maryland had a really profound impact on me as a person and as a soldier. Mm-hmm. And that is where I learned that there are almost zero good leaders in AIT. Yeah. So, and I say almost zero. So I got one exactly one good leader the entire time i was in ait mm-hmm. shout out start motherfucking willis you yes. know who you are he's gonna be on here too just wait right <laughs> he will be coming along in the next few episodes but every single other quote unquote leader that i mm-hmm. came across in ait even the ones who had already been in the army and were reclassing yeah didn't know the first thing about taking care of their soldiers or if they did know they just were to the point that they did not care anymore yeah all of us were the same to them Mm -hmm. but when i when i arrived in maryland i was like wow these people are really nice the first thing that (laughs) happened was i was called into my first sergeant's office and he was like all right talk to me who who the hell are you (laughs) why why should i give a shit about you yeah. And like, obviously, I'm your first segment. Mm-hmm. So I just told him a little bit about me. He noticed that I was arriving as a PV2, which at that point, I had been in the army for almost two years. Yep. And he was like, why do you still just have that lonely little arrow on your chest? What happened? Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I told him the story. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, well, you're not going to get none of that bullshit here. And I was like, wait, what? Somebody else thinks that what happened to me is bullshit? Yeah. Someone's on my side? Exactly. I was floored by it. And I was like, wait, this guy's giving me the benefit of the doubt and not just assuming I'm a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's crazy. And then I got to know my squad leader and we we got along really well for a while. He was like my best friend. And he was like my best friend, a father figure, an older brother, all wrapped into one. And it was this weird, super weird dynamic. And again, he, barely knowing me, went to bat for me, like literally toe to toe with a senior NCO. Right. That that initial incident, I was like, you're actually out here fighting for me. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Literally, just, just something as simple as leave her alone. She's none of your business. Why are you up her ass? Mm-hmm. I'm like, for me? Really? <laughs> Dang. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I fuck with this. I fuck with this. Um, so, yeah. An interesting twist happened in when I arrived at Bar- 
Bravo company because when I was called into first Sergeant Spada's office, he made a deal with me essentially. He's like, all right, look, you came to Bravo company. We don't have anywhere to put you in the building, like in the job mm-hmm. that you initially enlisted for. We ain't got no spots. We don't have a spot. Yeah. But he was like, if you work hard for me, give me everything you have for a year. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I will find you a job and I will find you a good job that you will love. Mm-hmm. I, in an ironic twist of fate, the job that I had when I initially got there was the job that I loved. <laughs> yeah. And it had nothing to do with the job itself because the job itself is nothing but stress and bullshit and getting yelled at by people who have no idea what the processes are. Yeah. And don't care that you have no control over how the processes go. Yeah. So the job itself is tedious. It's time consuming, especially when you're the only single soldier who lives in the barracks. And it's like, if you get snowed in, you can just walk to the office. So if something needs to get done, you're the one they call to go do it. Yeah. And hi, you're in the military. You have to go do it. Um, but the people that I was able to work with, that was when Nick and I really started to get to know each other. That's yeah. when you and I had a lot of a lot more opportunity to get to know each other. Yeah. Obviously, we were <clears throat> we were already in each other's kind of spheres because mm-hmm. we were familiar at that point. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know anybody else here. Yeah. Like yeah we just stick to this one I know her Mm -hmm. uh but that was that was the bonding opportunity that we really got yeah and here we are like seven years later how y'all doing Mm -hmm. besties yeah oh uh eight years later excuse me no seven it is seven Mm -hmm. (laughs) never mind don't listen but you always like to be like I've known her longer than you've known her uh-huh <laughs> i'm like i knew her first I- yeah <laughs> but yeah the the other people that i met there i was i had constant access to leadership so i worked for the commander and the first sergeant directly mm-hmm. that in and of itself is if you have the opportunity to work that kind of job take it yeah that ex- because that experience and that like not like connection but like that well, at FaceTime, yeah, because you're not just a name on a page. They know who you're you are. They're uh, another face in the ranks. They know you mm-hmm. to, because sometimes you guys do have downtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come to you and they ask you how your day's going. They ask you if you're having any issues. Like they come and yeah. talk shit to you like, about things mm-hmm. that you wouldn't get the opportunity to know. Mm-hmm. You always have the cheese me. Ways and you get it first. You get it piping hot, fresh on the plate. Mm-hmm. She's me. Yep. Every single day. Yep. And you're just like, ooh. And then like, don't tell anybody that. Do you see me? Look at this rank. Nobody will believe me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you get to do all of the fun stuff that happens in the company building. And I don't even yeah. know if it's the same on any other post, but at Maryland, it was definitely birthdays, always yeah. celebrated. And that was if anybody in the building had a birthday. Yeah, cupcakes all around. Bravo, Charlie. Yep. They're like, see, they just ordered so many and they'd be just going up every floor, hitting mm-hmm. everybody's doors. Yep. We're like, how y'all doing today? What y'all got going on? Mm-hmm. Y'all got any extra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I remember making like cupcakes for everybody, like holidays. I'd make like cupcakes and cookies and 
I'd bring mm-hmm. all those in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you always get to do fun stuff like wear a costume for Halloween yeah. or Santa hat at Christmas, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> remember, remember when we were both in the room together? <laughs> we were so bored, <laughs> we made puzzles. Yeah, we, we started doing puzzles. Started oh my doing- god, I remember I have, that. I have that picture. I remember that we did we did complete a couple of them too. That's mm. funny. Um, but yeah, and it was just a really amazing experience. Would not trade it for any other one in the military. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are good times. But yeah, but it was. You also got to see firsthand. You, you kind of built this familial attachment to your command team, mm-hmm. which is so rare. People oftentimes rarely even communicate with their commander at all. Yeah, at least and we were at like, least like those lower sure. ranks like us. Right, like, exactly. You know, nobody else was knowing them like we did. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you're like, good morning, Sarah, how you doing today? Yeah. And like, hey, Schultz, hey, Vargas, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. And then so when you see them super stressed out and it's some there's something that you can do to help them, mm-hmm. you you're like super motivated, like, okay, today at work's gonna be a super busy day. So busy we gotta skip PT to do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, what was it? QTB every time. Oh my god, that yeah, no, QTB was different every single time we did it. Yeah. And every time like okay, a new, a new so, command came. Right. For reference. Yeah. QTB stands for quarterly training brief. So when I say it was different every time we did it, every week, I'm talking every three months. <laughs> it was different. Yep. <laughs> three months. But you turn it, um, yeah, you turn it in every mm-hmm. week of like to add the new week yep. for whatever. But but um, then before it gets sent up to the battalion level, you got to make sure all the numbers coincide, which they never do. Nope, you're just like ever one zeros. Mm-hmm. sure yep and it was it was a lot and in those positions it's position over rank so it's also a unique experience having a staff sergeant a captain a warrant officer come in and try to order you around and be like i'm sorry sir i'm sorry sergeant i have other orders and those orders take precedent over mm-hmm. yours so if you would kindly get the fuck out of my office that would be great <laughs> Not like we ever said that, but no, I think most, <laughs> it was highly implied. Yeah, most of them were, I would say, like higher ranking, somewhat. Yeah. The ones that were there con like consistently, but the ones that were just like come in, be like expect you to do something, and be like you have to get in line, sir. Mm-hmm. You take an hour. Like, I said these numbers are due before lunch. Yeah, and you I don't even eat lunch. Right, and guess what? First, I would say I can't go nowhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, but and it, you get to make jokes with your first sergeant. Like he's like, "Oh, we have PT at yeah eighteen hundred, you know." And you're like, oh, first sergeant, I got a pottery class. I'm gonna be late for. I actually can't make it." Yeah. And he's like, "Get outside, Yahoo!" Yeah. So I work in the room for I think the both of us like best mm-hmm. times. I was in there after, like you guys heard from my episode, like after I was pregnant, while I was pregnant, and all that stuff. Um. So like, there was times where. I didn't have childcare. I brought my kid into work, and my first sergeant and commander watched my kid. Like my first sergeant they was him. holding him, swinging him around. Like they loved it. My commander offered to watch him so I can go work out during lunch because I didn't like get to work out in the morning. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? And he was obviously like, my, my son was asleep in his like car seat or whatever. But still, it was just like, what other like organizations or jobs, you know, non-military even, let you bring your right. kid to work and your boss is over here like, you know, holding them, loving them. Yeah, excited when you bring them in, not like, where is this kid doing here? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and they, it's just a, it's a great opportunity, definitely, 100%. Because at first, I'm not even going to lie, I was bummed out. I was like, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I enlisted for. This is not what I went through basic training for. Mm -hmm. To sit here and push papers. Yeah. And then... I had it explained to me and then I saw the, the actual benefits in real life. And by the time that they were like, okay, you got a job, you're going in the building. I was like, no, but wait, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Can I just stay here? Yeah. Like I have like 15 months left. Can I just stay here? Please. Yeah. I know. So, um, so all right. Now you got your job in the building and mm-hmm. we can't say much about that. Y'all. What I can say is this. I am, I, excuse me, not am, I was a Russian linguist. Mm-hmm. The job that I got was for a Chinese linguist. <laughs> I got in there and my boss was like, what kind of bass backwards under the table illegal deal did you, did somebody do to get you in here? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I was like, do you see this rank on my chest? Mm-hmm. I They point, I go, that's it. I'm here. Yep. He's like, um, okay, I guess we'll let you know if we, we need you. <laughs> yep. So needless to say, the rest of my very brief career was incredibly boring. Yeah. It was incredibly boring. Well, that's how we probably got today, the folks. Mo- just- <laughs> <laughs> probably the most um eventful parts of my life mm-hmm. were working in the o-, o room and living in the barracks living in a co-ed barracks because that was new mm-hmm. we got to maryland we don't know nothing about that nope i all right so y'all <laughs> i got you you heard it i got married in monterey so before we got to maryland we were married we already had changed last names everything was I got there and my my new Velcro patch said Vargas and not my mm-hmm. maiden name anymore. So the reason I did that was because I didn't want to show up and people start calling me Carranza. And I just wanted to set set the presidents. You're the only one that called me that. Cause- yep. Because when both of you were sitting in the same room, I couldn't be like, oh, Nick, oh, Brie. Yeah. But I also couldn't be like, hey, Vargas. Because both of you were like, huh. <laughs> like uh, Carranza. Yeah. So as soon as we thought, like, Nick, I'm not ever talking to you. Yeah. No, I'm Go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, as soon as we got to Maryland, like we were living um on post, like in a house and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I've only heard the stories. I've never seen them in person. Hashtag ninety eight twenty eight. If all- you know, you know. That's and if you do stuff. know, please get please send us a message. We want your side of the story. We're going to cover oh, yeah. this all in its own episode. Yeah. That's how much shenanigans were happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also, if you are one of the seven people who hashtag 9828 has a very specific meaning for. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, what's up? <laughs> let's catch up and let's do an episode because mm-hmm. that would be awesome. But we also just going to leave names out. For now, yeah. Yes. All right. So, I mean, that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. it. Um. So at the end of it, I got out before you did. You still mm-hmm. had till July, and I got out in February. What Which was... was such a sad time for me. <laughs> I know. And then we left in like April or May. Mm-hmm. Um. So what was it like getting out and then like going back home? Um. Getting out was just the biggest breath of fresh air because once I left the orderly room, I realized that one, I didn't want to go back to training and get a whole new job. And two, I hated the job that I had. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that smells like uh, not reenlisting. Yeah. So um, I was just like trying to keep my head down for that last little bit because stuff happened here stuff happened there middle 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 and I was ready to go yep so um plus my mom was having some health issues that sort of thing so I was I was ready to get back home the process of getting out was they didn't have any of my paperwork up until maybe a month before three weeks before like we were cutting it close and I was like y'all don't understand I am gone one way or another because mm-hmm. the, the date on my contract says that I can go whether you have orders for me or not mm-hmm. or not orders, but you know what I mean? This discharge paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to get back to California, I drove. So I flew my parents out to Baltimore, mm-hmm. picked, picked them at, up at, I want to say like six thirty seven o'clock in the morning. And from there, we drove back to California. It took us like four days, I think. Yeah. And we st- we stopped in a couple places on the way, visited some some old army friends because mm-hmm. they're just scattered everywhere. Yeah. Um, but that is the fun thing about being in the military. Now I know someone somewhere everywhere, yep. <laughs> someone somewhere exactly. And then transitioning from <laughs> so. It was a weird transition having me home because it was almost like everybody forgot that I had my own life, that they had no say in, no part of, for the most part, for five years. Yeah. And those were like my fundamental building block adult years. Mm -hmm. So from 17 to 20, almost 23, I was on my own. I could make my own decisions. I never had to answer to anyone Mm -hmm. unless it was uncle sam and then when i got home it was like i was 17 again Mm -hmm. and everything i did was being dictated and i was like it's not gonna work for me Mm -hmm. i was like we we gotta come to grips with the fact that i'm a whole ass adult now yep if i tell you where i'm going it is so that you know who's walking in the house at what time of night not because i care about you knowing where i'm going yeah especially because I, w- I was paying rent when I got back. So it's not like I just had f- free lodging, free room and board when I got there. I was mm-hmm. paying rent. So I was like, 
you're officially not my parents. You're my landlords. There's a difference. As long as my rent is paid, it really doesn't matter who I'm going now with. Yeah. Bye. You know? And it was mostly just because they wanted to keep me out of trouble and make sure I didn't do anything stupid. But I was like, I got it. Even if I do do something stupid. Yeah. I don't usually get caught. So <laughs> we're good. Mm-hmm. You know? it just be like that. Yeah. So it was it was a bit of an adjustment. And also because when I went home, I moved back in with my parents. My brother was also living there. Mm-hmm. So you remember all of the things you hate about your siblings when you live with them as adults. Yeah. We almost came to blows so many times. Mm-hmm. Not, not even again. And I would have won because my brother is, if you know, you know. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, I was fortunate enough that because of my orderly room job, I was very well qualified for a position as a legal assistant at a law firm. And my mo- my mother worked there too. And she was very well liked at that law firm. She basically walked in my resume and they were like, wow, this is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Look at this clearance. Look at this experience. Look at all of this stuff. And they were like, Pfft yeah, where can we find 10 more just like you? I'm like, none of them want to live in California. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So you did that and and you you were going to school. uh Uh-huh. I immediately went back to, or back to school, meaning I started college. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of the credits that I had earned at DLI, which is actually an accredited college. Mm-hmm. You can get college credit at a regular university for those classes. Um, same thing with your basic training um, courses. Those also count as college credits. Yep. Look it so up. You, Look you, it up. Yeah, you start with something like 45, 50 credits. Um, so I started as a transfer student, but I knew that I wanted to start that same semester I knew I wanted to start in the fall because I felt like I was already behind yeah um so I started going to community college and I was working full-time at the same time and then once I transferred over to university I stopped working full-time and I switched to a part-time job several part-time jobs I guess Mm -hmm. I joined a sorority yep I know I'm a little old to be in a sorority trust me I realize that every day um but it's all in my school has an amazing veterans resource center. So I never have to worry about anything. I tell them what classes I'm taking. They process all the paperwork. They handle all the benefits. I always get everything I'm supposed to get. And um, yeah, it's been a ride. I am in my senior year of college. We'll be graduating next semester with my bachelor's in history. Heck yeah. A little smarty. <laughs> Oh, girl, no. I'm flying by a seat of my pants out here. I'm flailing in the wind, okay? This online this online school, YouTube University, is for the birds. Yeah. It really is. Man, but I'm, I don't uh, want to. I need to. But I don't want I, to. I know. But think of all the credits you already have. Yeah. I know. And I got plenty of transcripts that are all nice and sealed, too. Kept those. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're actually really easy to get. Um, all right. So you're graduating this next semester. Mm-hmm. What's next? 
Oh gosh, what's next? Um, then I just have to get my credential. I have to complete my credential, and hopefully, I will be a high school history teacher. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. But it's also, I don't know if I want to get my credential here because we're contemplating a relocation. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe to Colorado. Yep. Who knows? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We got a whole, know. We got a whole house. <laughs> um, what else are we going to say? All right. So now that we've caught up to where you're at now, mm-hmm. um, what's the advice you'd give to? someone joining or somebody in to people joining I would say do your research Mm -hmm. find things like this podcast find real life accounts of the job that you want as much as you can because like we we can't tell you about our job yeah but do as much research as possible yeah ask questions ask all the questions like if your recruiter can't answer it i'm sure they know somebody or they can find somebody that can mm-hmm. give you a more detailed explanation of the job or the you know duty station or whatever it is people people know mm-hmm. people and don't don't think they don't yes because okay the the military and this is this may be an outdated statistic but when when we joined yeah, back in, back in only Back, back in my day, only 10% of the American population even qualifies to join the military. Mm-hmm. Only 1% of that 10% actually enlists. This is a small community. It truly is a brotherhood, a sisterhood. It's family. And yeah. it's instantaneous connections wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And those connections are rock solid. Some of them, yeah, they're just kind of here. You're here. Your friends stay. Whatever. A lot of people move around a lot, mm-hmm. but some of those connections, like this, this girl I'm talking to right now. Oh my god! Don't make me cry. <laughs> she's literally my sister. Okay, Y'all and that, it's more meaningful than like I would sacrifice. My own sister for this girl because <laughs> our friendship is more meaningful to me than my relationship with my biological sister. Oh, yeah. And maybe someday we can get into why that is. Yeah, not today. <laughs> but it's I get to have all of this time with her. This is a constant connection. There's somebody out there always who's like, "Girl, what's up? Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Let me know." Can Girl, We're she gonna wasn't work it answering out. my phone call yesterday, and I was blowing her up. I was like, yes. I, I, I messaged her. I was like, I've seen too many murder documentary shows. You're not answering my calls. I'm about to call your mama. <laughs> she literally said, I'm about to call your mama. And that's that's like how deep our friendship goes. If she can actually call my mom. My mom would be like, what? Ooh, yeah. No, what? she's fine. Yeah. Uh, I get to live vicariously through her. Because she starts all of these fun hobbies yeah, and enterprises. <laughs> she she has kids, so I get to like I know. experience it without being committed to it. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so they're also, funny. Fun fact. 
Morgan was the one we called when I was going into labor with my second kid. Like, I don't know, uh-huh. many of y'all don't care or don't know, but she was in the barracks and I was like, girl, what's happening? We need to go to the hospital. Can you come? And she's like, it was like in the middle of the morning. And she was like, yeah. uh, okay, I'm on my way. Like, let me just get dressed. She got to our house. Our kid was asleep. And then she, you know, slept for a little bit. And then our kid was up and, you know, he was fed and he was watching TV. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was there for a whole day and a half. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was almost two days. Yeah. 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 But so it's so people who are on the fence, there's you you will find your tribe. Yeah. And that's just the fact. Especially if you're. If you feel like you're alone and you feel like you don't know what to do and, mm-hmm. you know, high school, if you're in high school or, you know, you're in college or you're older or whatever, and you just feel like, man, I'm not doing anything with my life or I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing and there's nobody, I have nobody, you're going to find somebody mm-hmm. and it's going to be because awesome. Your soulmates, your soulmates do not live in your zip code. Yep. They don't. Get out of there. You have to go out. And find them. And it's, you know what? It's way easier to let the government pay for you to move all over the place than it is for you to just be a civilian out here roaming the earth. Yep. Staying, looking staying for people at home. who are. Right. And it's it's safer than meeting people on the internet. Yeah. People are crazy. Um, so that's my advice for people who are thinking about joining. Okay. For people who are currently in. Process your medical and paperwork every time way ahead of time. Do it before you get out. Because I was out, I think my last official day of duty was like June 30th or something like that. June 30th was when I left to go home. Mm -hmm. And and I think I had like 30 days of leave or something like that. So after that 30 days, the end of July, I was officially out. By September, I was receiving my disability because I had done all of that paperwork before I left, before I got out. Yep. And And now there's people that I was serving with who still haven't gotten their disability benefits. Yeah. Because they waited until after they were out. If you are already out, your shit goes to the bottom of the pile. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you that pile, you could stand on it and touch the moon. (laughs) So many people in that pile. Yeah. My grandfather was a Vietnam War veteran. Didn't start getting benefits until like five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was I was receiving benefits beforehand and more benefits than he was yeah. because of how I processed my paperwork. Yeah. So pay attention, get it done. pay attention when you're in those briefings at the end. They're mm-hmm. they're not just there to waste your time because you know they're not you're trying to help you out. you're getting out but yeah pay attention do that keep anytime you go to the doctor anytime you go to sick call keep all that information yes. you need to keep all your paperwork at the end when you're getting your DD two fourteen they're writing everything down on it saying mm-hmm. she had this happen she had that happen there was this he did this like 
So they want to know all your medical history. And it's easier if you keep it all. So just, like I said, yeah. get to an I Love Me book or your stack mm-hmm. of papers, either one. Yep. Because there's there's a big push because of how mistreated previous generations of veterans were. Yeah. There was such a huge push to take care of people, to get them the benefits that they need, that they deserve mm-hmm. for service-connected disabilities service-connected problems yeah because it's every everybody's got one mm-hmm. i mean not everybody but yeah i mean if you're jumping out of airplanes and give about five years them knees are gonna want that disability mm-hmm, nick, <clears throat> nick <clears throat> Bree, do his paperwork for him yeah. um <laughs> but yeah so and also answer for the people in answer your friend's phone calls Mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest part of it because that is how you maintain those connections when you get out because people don't want that person who even if i call them even if i desperately need them they will not answer their phone yeah people want those friends who they're like i'm just gonna check and see if they answer their phone right now Mm -hmm. and if you pick up Every time or almost every time, or even if you can't pick up, you should have text. Oh, hey, I'm in the middle of such and such. What's up? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah. Like, if not, I'll hit you back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll like go outside and call you back. If you are okay, then I'll hit you up when I get home, yeah. whatever it is. Just be that person who answers your phone because you could save a friendship. Mm-hmm. You could save a life. Yeah. Be the person who answers the phone. Yep. And that's probably it. All right. Yeah. How you doing? Girl. Girl. I don't know. I'm she going I'm okay. She going through it. All right. I'm all right. It's in a weird place. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm excited because we're going on a trip next month. And we're going on a trip. <laughs> and my favorite actor. Aiden was singing the other day. And I was like, how do you even know that? You don't even watch that show. Um, right? That is way before your generation, sir. I know. But, yeah, I'm excited for our trip. Also, y'all, if you have friends, like, and you have the time and the money, go visit them. All- right. Also, if you're in the military <laughs> and you go home and your friends don't want to see you, don't be wasting your money to go home if they ain't going to see you. Right. Like, go home, visit your family, because your family will probably yeah. see you. That's go, probably your standard. And if, and if you're like, not that you like shouldn't go see your family, but like, if you have leave, go and travel somewhere. You have this time to, you know, and hopefully you have the money, um, to go out and go visit a different city, like. Especially, right, especially because... now, like, okay, now you can't, you know, you can't be doing all this traveling while you're, like, in and stuff, and there's, like, restrictions, but, like, as soon as those restrictions are up, like, flights are cheap, one-way flights, you know, mm-hmm. one-way flights, or, you know, drive somewhere, like, like we said, Morgan and I, we went to New York City, and we walked around, like, we were in traffic for three mm-hmm. hours, or more than three hours, but, like... Thank you, New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But, like, go and do stuff, and, you know, like, Morgan's come out to see me twice. Twice? 
don't know, it's, it's every two years, yeah. give or take. <laughs> yeah. Or, How long you no, been there? No, you, so you came out the first year, and then I went over there last year, and then you came this year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, go see your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see your family all the time, you see them all the time, you see them sometime, like, keep those connections connected. Right, and let your friends, if you are in the military, use your leave. Mm-hmm. Please use your leave. Yeah. Because in the civilian it. world, it's called PTO, and you only get a limited amount. In the military, you make, you earn so much leave. Please use it. Because mm-hmm. you're still getting paid to not work. Yeah. Even if it's you just take, you're just going to take a staycation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm taking this week off. Because, like, hashtag self-care, you know? Yeah. But So if you're in a position to where you can do that, do it. Do it. Don't let them guilt you into not taking your leave. Honestly, fuck them. Take the leave. You earned the leave. Yep. Take it. Mm-hmm. But... And that's all I got to say about that. Yep. Right. And just prioritize the people who prioritize you. Mm-hmm. Last thing. That's all. Wait, last thing, last thing. Uh, That was it. Yeah, there's. uh, You have the opportunity to call somebody, but they also have the same opportunity to call you. So it's Uh it's a two way. The phone works both ways. True. And you don't have just you know talking on the phone. You've got Skype. You've got Zoom. You've got FaceTime. You've got Facebook Messenger. Which, if y'all didn't know, Morgan and I record the podcast on uh on an app but while we're doing it we're on facebook messenger like video chat so like we can see each other um, yeah, i'm talking to her and yeah. she's talking to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> conversation yep uh so yeah it's just like there's more than just the phone you know just... and you you don't even gotta talk just call so you're in the video chat mm-hmm. and sit there and do whatever you're doing yeah we did we do that all the time we eat <laughs> we scroll through tiktoks and nick complains and he's like why are y'all on the phone <laughs> like, like the company we like the we like the silence okay <laughs> right, we're just trying to be quiet together what do you care <laughs> yeah so yeah just like if you're making friends and you want to stay friends, like, just talk with your friends, basically. Right. If you want to stay friends, stay friends. Yeah. Stay friends. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, Morgan has definitely a lot more to her story, but we're saving that. Oh, yeah. We're saving that for future episodes. Y'all aren't going to get it all in one one whole thing. Yep. Because y'all will not stay here for it all, let's no, be honest. Gonna be so like we're gonna- five hours. We're going to pour that tea into separate teacups. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you so, guys so much for listening. Uh, next week is our first guest, like, finally uh, on Friday. Woo! And it's a big one, y'all. Yeah. You're going to get excited. Get excited. Get excited. It's such a good episode. It's so good. I finished <laughs> editing it today. So, it's going to be ready to go for October 30th. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming back listening to us thank you for those that have reached out and listened to us you you the best um mm-hmm. 
we've got more episodes lined up. I'm sure we're going to be recording a few more guests episodes this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye, y'all.